What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I am your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack. And today we have a jam-packed episode for you today. <laughs> we have a five-sport medley recap briefing update check in review update check and review show yes uh is this a record for the most sports we've covered on a podcast i think we've done four we did four that one time i I remember we did four when we were recording in ocean city with joey so this is five this is a record um yeah we're getting six folks we're actually getting six keep going well i'm not aware of six but okay Keep going. What's this? What's the sixth? You'll find out at the end. Oh, okay. I guess it's a surprise that I am not even prepared for. Uh, welcome uh, back, Hogline Nation. You're witnessing history here today. Um, the five sports that I know that we are recovering today are uh, the PGA. The Masters concluded last uh, Sunday. Um, very, very good tournament overall. Uh, we'll talk some MLB. Um, through two weeks of the regular season, just about. Uh, an NBA check-in. Um, the playoffs are just about a month away, so we will give some updates there. I have a few talking points I want to discuss. Uh, we have 60-second NHL briefing with... Uh, surprise guest. Su- surprise guest. I wasn't sure if I was going to reveal that or not, but I guess you guys will find out when the time comes. Yeah. Uh, and then... We'll be talking some NFL, um, some moves that we need to catch up on, some draft talk, and um, apparently a surprise segment at the end that I'm not aware of. But I digress. We can start here uh, with the Masters. Hideki Matsuyama wins uh, by one stroke over Will Zalatoris. He becomes the first Japanese-born person male, there's been a female, to win a major. Okay. Um, on the, I don't believe he's won a major, and he's not Japanese. Oh, that's a I, who's the girl? That's totally a guy. Who's the girl? I think it's Lindsay. I don't know. Keep going. I'm gonna find out though. Okay. Yeah. So first Japanese-born male to win a major. I believe that is correct. Um, what were your thoughts on it? How much of it did you get to watch? Um, what was your experience this weekend with the Masters? Uh, very fun. Good preview episode. I, I listened to it. At, I listened to it at work the next day. That was that's good. right. Um, good stuff. Yeah, if you haven't checked that out, check it out. Even though it's outdated. Um. Uh, yeah. I, as a Hideki fan, we are Hideki fans. Um, for the past few years, and when we went to Baltus Roll, the PJ Championship in 2016. Me, you, me, Mitchell, Kevin, and our dad, we followed Hideki around and we chanted his name, gave us a acknowledgement. Um, I guess that birthed our love for Hideki. And yeah, fun to watch. I bet on him. So that's cool. Um, what was your question? Did you have a question specifically? I was trying to find a female golfer. I didn't really have a question. I just said, what oh. was your experience this weekend? How, how much of it did you get to watch? Um, oh, I watched pretty much all you of wanted. it. Okay. Um, yeah, Hideki, uh, 
as I just uh, pull up my notes here, um, said uh, Hideki has on Sunday was his worst round. He still shot even. Um, just to recap, his total four days, he played all the par fives at 11 under. Um, his final round, I can't. I am uh, assuming nerves got to him from the jump. He started off with a bogey, and Zalator started off with a birdie. Um, and what was it? Was a hole 15 when things kind of got a little interesting when Hideki put one in the water. First off, uh, I love the Japanese broadcast they kept showing. Do you, were you, did you see those or listen to those? Yeah, they, they they did it every every like like uh, whenever there was a big moment. Um, right. Yeah. I, right. I, when Hideki went in the water on fifteen, I love the broadcast, the Japanese broadcast. Like he got like so loud and disappointed when it went in the water. Um. Anyway. Yeah, that made it interesting. He still ended up bogeying that hole. Then next hole, uh, Xander Shoffley. When he was within one shot or two, on the on sixteen. Um, I believe it closed the gap to one, if okay. I'm not mistaken. So yes, yeah. the door was open briefly, but it 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 closed rather quickly. Um, Shoffley triple bogeyed 16 after putting in the water, right. and then he had a hit from the drop zone for his third stroke, and he hit it over the green. So then he missed a putt. So it was a complete mess, and Hideki pretty much uh, was just on auto autopilot coasting his way to victory from there in the last couple holes. Yeah, he he bogeyed 16 and 18 because like, I mean, maybe nerves got to him again. But like he had a pretty substantial lead, so like he didn't didn't need to play too aggressive. So that's why uh maybe he resulted in the bogeys on sixteen eighteen. But great, great round, great four rounds by Hideki. Um, so fun to watch. Shout out Zalatoris in his first ever Masters. He's only twenty four. He's six two, one hundred and five pounds, and he <laughs> went. He what was it? He was minus two, minus four, minus one, minus two, and first four rounds of the masters so that's very yeah, I, very impressive i believe he was the only person to shoot under par in all four rounds was um, he with, Hide- okay. with hideki i think it was i believe yeah, it was him and hideki sense. going into sunday it was and hideki yeah. shot shot even so um yeah very impressive from the young man um and um yeah very, just to echo your same sentiment i'm very happy for hideki uh someone as you said we've been a fan of for quite a while um, and it's someone who's had this coming for a while. Um, he's been, he was the low amateur, uh, when he was 19 years old at Augusta. So, right. um, it's been over a decade where he's been, you know, right in the thick of things, um, but just hadn't quite until this Sunday, uh, closed things out in a major tournament. So it's, uh, very, um, you know, good for him. And a fun fact, my boss uh, on Monday, when I went and went into the office, he showed me a picture of him and Hideki. Really, uh, he played around with him. Oh, really? How? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know the specifics. I guess like he's on vacation, so I can't ask him till next week. But um, they play. He but, played with him. Do you know where? Uh no. What you- he started? <laughs> he started telling the story. He showed me real quickly, and then and then he didn't talk about it until today. Um, he mentioned like he talked to his uh, interpreter, obviously um for a while and um yeah just just like talk to him ask him questions about him like is the deck he have a girlfriend he didn't at the time now he has a wife and a, a child but uh right. um like, yeah it was very cool do you know if it was recent 
that they played. I'm not. I'm not sure. This I don't is Mr. Think Kenny so. Pat you're talking about, right? Yeah, correct. I'll send you. A, I'll send you the picture uh, later after we're done recording. But yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. Hats off to Hideki. And um, I guess the last thing I wanted to say on on the Masters, and then we can move on because we do have to. We I feel like we could talk about all. We, we 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 do have a packed uh, schedule, so we do have to keep it moving. Can't spend too much time on a one particular topic, but true. Um, I be, the Masters TV coverage is not very good. I know okay. you can like stream it and like ESPN oh, Plus, know, yeah. But the regular cable TV coverage is not very good. Like the, not not that's not what I'm saying. It's not the, the actual quality because obviously Jim Nance and yeah, that's what I was confused about. Uh, so you meant that, but yes, I totally agree with you because. I mean, I had it on ESPN Plus up here because I'm subscribed to ESPN Plus, but like Shref was, I mean, they he logged into my ESPN Plus downstairs. But yeah, like I, it was so confusing. Of why did it, did it start on cable at like two? I don't know. I agree with you though. What's a, that was weird. you couldn't watch it in the morning. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. But I, I had it on the morning because like I could follow. It was ESPN Plus did a great job covering it. But I mean, even though you know what, even even ESPN Plus in like the morning like i could watch like some featured groups like they had of like bigger names but like they didn't even have like a rolling coverage of what they do like on cable where it's like highlighting the guys that you want to see but you could like also on espn plus you can like stay on a hole stay on like four five six i don't know but yeah coverage was weird i agree yeah thanks for clarifying that i meant the actual like hours that they're showing it so i I didn't i didn't like that because i had to work on friday um up until about four and then i had to go to charlie's football practice and then he had his party so um i wanted to watch it for a couple hours in between but it wasn't on tv and like i'm just like what the heck so i couldn't really watch that much on friday so that was a bummer but overall good tournament um Hideki was, you know, he had a firm grasp of the lead, and except, except it was a uh, very interesting down the stretch there. Uh, we will move on to the MLB. We had our MLB preview episode um, about two weeks ago. Um, we finished it uh, last week, actually, with the AL. Um, but I've been I've been watching a decent amount of baseball, following it along, and I'm very uh, happy the season is here. Um, I think fantasy baseball has helped a lot, a little bit. I, I've, I've really, I've been setting my lineup every single week so far. So, so far, so good. Good. Um, playing Jack this week. I think I'm beating him right now. What's the score? Current score update. Uh, so they're weekly matchups for anyone who uh, is a little confused. I play Jack. It's the second week, and I'm beating him two. <laughs> 223 to 193 currently. All right, not that. I'm not that yeah um so is there anything specific you want to talk about uh, i have a couple uh points written down but if you can take the floor first if there's anything specific um i want you to go first uh i was gonna mention that there's a couple stars uh that are injured um okay. tatis is out i believe he's coming back in a couple days mm-hmm. i believe i saw uh, Christian Yelich has been out pretty much this whole week. Uh, so, you know, a couple of big names that are out. Uh, so we haven't really got to see, like, I don't know. Yelich played a little bit in the beginning, couple, like probably the first two series, but, mm-hmm. 
you know, Padres still still are doing really well. They're nine and five as the time that we're recording right now. Are they really? Um, yeah, they split with us, correct? Right, they uh, split with the Pirates, which I didn't think I didn't think they were that good, but yeah, the Padres. Um, Padres look good. My my NL champ. Did I make did I make them MLB champs or NL champs? You made them World Series champions. Nice. Okay. Um, so you yeah, got to see the, the Padres up close and personal. So tell us a little bit about that. That's right. I went to a Padres Pirates game on Monday. Um, Padres won. Um, well, I would particularly about San Diego. I'd like to start off about Jim Musgrove. Hats off to him for his uh, no hitter on Friday last week. Former Pirate. Cool, great story. He's from San Diego native. He's from. Uh, he grew up there. I believe. I want to say he grew up Padres fan. So that's that's really cool. Um, first one in franchise history as well. That's, yeah, also true. Uh, but their rotation as a whole, uh, off to a very strong start. They lead all majors in ERA. Um. So. I mean, I anticipated their rotation being very strong. Um, and their offense, offense is still great, and they've been without Tatis, their best player. So um, they could definitely be a scary team. Although they split with the Pirates, so we're just as good as them. Yeah, so take that as you, as, as you will. Take also, that information however also you, you want. You highlighted stars that have been injured, and you didn't mention Cabrian Hayes. Yeah, of course. I mean, so I, I was going to save the Pirates talk for the at the end save of this it. MLB segment. Then save um, it. But yeah, Kim Brian Hayes is uh, he played the first game, homered in it, and he <sighs> went out in the second game for us. So um, we'll get to that in a second here. But um, <laughs> Dodgers, I have they're dominating as we all expected. They're the best team in the MLB right now, record wise. Yeah. Um, they look fantastic. Um, I also wanted to mention the Phillies as well. They they start off red hot. I believe they swept the Braves in the opening series. Um, I think they, they were four zero. They start off four zero. Yeah, they yeah. Um, and they have lost six of the last seven, I think. Something like that, and the one game they won was a very controversial. Should have been a loss. Well, actually, not should have been a loss, but they won off a the, a wrong call. That's absurd. Correct. Yeah. So if anyone oh, is it yeah. hasn't seen uh, the Phillies, it was um this weekend earlier this week. It was I on believe. Sunday night. Sunday night baseball, ESPN. Sunday night, correct. Uh, it was top of the ninth, six six. Um. Pop fly to left field. Alec mm-hmm. Bohm, right, was on third. Yeah. He tags up and uh, play at the plate. Uh, umpire called him safe, um, which I don't blame the ump there because, you know, I, I would hate to be an ump. I, th- these plays are super close in the moment, so you can't exactly tell. But just the fact that they reviewed it and it still wasn't changed is mind-boggling. So... I don't blame him for making the wrong call in the moment, but if you review that, I don't, I don't understand at all how that, right, um, right. you don't change that. So his foot clearly did not touch the home plate. Uh, they still confirm the call. They, they, they stayed with the original call. Um, and the Phillies ended up winning that game. So um, very controversial. And the Phillies have been really bad recently. And Philadelphia sports radio is 
uh, freaking out. <laughs> and I love it. It's really great. <laughs> I was listening to John Marks and Ike, Ike Reese today. John Marks was, um, he was, I mean, some could say overreacting because it is a very, not even, we're not even 10% of, uh, of the season completed. And he was like, sell the team. We are not sell the team, uh, you know, change up the lineup and we needed bullpen help. And uh, uh, this went on and on and on about it. And I, I the love bu- the chaos. I love it too. But like the bullpen, you know, no bullpen relief pitchers aren't great anywhere, but Philly's pitching, which I thought would be their Achilles heel has been like, man, like has been fine. I, they're ro- their pitching as a whole rotation and, and bullpen is fine. That what, what's been lacking is their, is their offense, which I didn't expect and not many would expect from the Phillies. Um, like they're middle of, I think they're like, they're tw- in, on base percentage, they're 22nd in the league in all of majors. Um, like their middle pack batting average. I mean, granted, we're like 10 games in, so 12 games in, so a big overreaction from everyone, but still, I. I'd expect the Phillies pitching to go down to where they expected to be in their offense to see an uptick, but. Yeah. So, I mean, um, they're kind of criticizing uh, Harper a little bit as well. Um, saying yeah. that he needs to play better, hit better. Um, and Roman Quinn, they, the, the, the amount of criticism that he gets here. Uh, they say like how he's just like, he should like not even like be on a major like field at all. And it's pretty funny. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Great. And Matt, Matt Moore is another one they, they roast as well. Yeah. He's not great. I, I, I he took the mound like they're, uh, I think in the, in the Met series for the first time. And I'm like, is this the, is this the quarterback from the dolphins? Like we hadn't <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. They always say it looks like he's throwing batting practice out there. So <laughs> that's great. Yeah. It, it's, um, I, I, I don't know. It's been a good week cause they're, they're freaking out. It's funny. So yeah. Um, all right. I guess we can conclude here with the pirates. Um, wait, I got a few more things to say. Okay. Go ahead. Quick rundown. You mentioned Dodger dominating. They are dumb. Dom- I'm going to go so fast. They are dominating. They lead the league in batting average, on base, slugging, and OPS. Um, Padres, you said. Reds. Reds are first in the Central. Congrats. Um, it's only because they play ahead of four game against the Pirates. They lead the league in home runs, RBIs, and runs because they play the Pirates, and they destroyed us. I don't, that was a mess, that game. Like, Tyler Naquin was... He he personally leads the league in RBIs, which that's not going to last. Um, Reds aren't as good as they what you think they might be. JD Martinez, very such a hot start. He's carrying the Red Sox. I mean, the Red Sox offense as a whole is doing great. Um, they're on a nine-game winning streak at uh, at the time of recording, I believe. Uh, yeah, they got swept, and then now they're nine and four. Or no, they lost. I don't know. They're hot. Red Sox are hot. Pitching's gonna have to hold up if they want to stay relevant. I don't expect them to, but we'll see. Um, same division. I don't know, nothing really. I guess Blue Jays are Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. are playing very well. 
to start off the season. So two exciting young players there. Hunjin Ryu as well is off to a great start um, as he has been the past few years. And the Twins. I really um, didn't show any love to the Twins in our in our preview. Um, we uh, <laughs> Byron Buxton really has, is having a extremely strong start he hinted at it last year i think he had like 12 homers and 37 rbis in the shortened season so that's a good pace and he's just been on fire to start the season in 21 um nelson cruz is like 68 and he's still like hitting 450 foot bombs he's also having a yeah we talked about we talked about nelson cruz a little bit how how fantastic right. he is still still doing and in, in his uh um, yeah it's unreal elder age <laughs> Um, and I think that was it. it. Oh, and then lastly, Showtime. Um, I don't, uh, no, we, we recorded after his, uh, that his, his, his debut pitching, but offense, I, I believe he hasn't been pitching. He hasn't pitched since then because he has like a blister or something, but, um, he's, I think he's played in every single game. Uh, hitting, DHing, and he's uh a bit batting like 340 on base, close to 400, and he's uh having a great offensive start. And Angels as a whole, I think they lead the West at current moment. They don't. Mariners somehow in first, but oh well. Um, Trout's doing his thing, and Jared Walsh. Names want to throw out there. Great start for him. I believe he's young. So he's on my fantasy team. Is he? Okay, good for you. He's having a great start. And that's all I got. Pirates go. Yeah, pirates are um pretty much what I expected for the most part. Um, you know, obviously had the opening day win. And then, you know, we, we lost what was it, five five in a row? Uh, yeah. And then we've when then we won four out of our next six, and then we lost today, eight to three. Mitch Keller doing really poorly in his um, you know, I think it was his third start of the season, did very poorly. So inconsistent. Um, what I expected. The offense kind of um came alive a little bit in the past week. Today wasn't so great, but you know, for the most part, it's been really good. Um, Philip Evans has been played spectacular. Um and it's just weak, inconsistent starting pitching. Um, yeah, JT Brubaker had had a good, had a very good outing, and uh, it's just uh, there's not much to be excited about on the mound. So, I mean, again, you can get a good start here and there from these guys occasionally, but on a consistent basis, especially for 145 more games, it's not gonna not gonna be there. So, it's uh what I expected. I mean. You know, I think we're going to go on stretches where we like this, where we play really, really good um, for a couple for a week or two. And then we'll be on stretches where we lose 14 to four. Um, so it's uh, kind of all over the place. And I just hope Hayes can come back soon. And, um, you know, we can make it at least a little bit interesting. Very, very fair assessment. Offensively, we had some like Philip Evans, uh, like batting close to 400 um, out of nowhere. Who would have? Yeah, no came, one would have expected that. that. Um, Jacob Stallings is no one that knows him probably, but he's doing well. Adam Frazier is hitting for contact. You know, he's 
Um, He's never struck out still this year. Right, in his career. Um, But the pitching is brutal. (laughs) And um, who's the guy? It's just hard. We're going to draft Rocker in June and start him in June. As soon as we draft him, just forego all, all our whole minor league system, just drop him in the majors, and he's probably our best pitcher, honestly. I'll do that, but we should. Correct. Yeah, it's just such a punch in the stomach when when your starting pitchers can barely even go four or five innings, and then let alone let up like six or seven runs in the first two. Like it's so deflating. I feel like right from the get go, um, which does seems to happen a lot to us. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it plays out and. Yeah, rock, Rocker's got to, uh, you know, play very soon, I feel like. I mean, what's the harm, really? We have nothing to lose, so, yeah. All right, we will move on to the NBA. Um, but before we do so... Yeah, tell me how to dress. Well, I'll tell you how to dress. So, Hideki won his green jacket. Yeah, tell me where um, I can get a green jacket, actually. I actually wanted to get one. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can get a green jacket, but you can look spectacular in a oh. Mr. T's suit or tuxedo. Okay. Um, Jack, do you or someone you know have a formal wedding prom job interview or just a big event coming up soon? I know a ton. I'm sure, I'm sure you know people with big events coming up soon. Yeah. Well, lucky for you... Uh, we got you covered here. Uh, Mr. Good. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area. We'll have you looking your best for your big day. Uh, with their main store located in Minersville, Pennsylvania. Uh, they also offer custom fittings at your uh, located in Center City, Philly, uh, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Uh, make sure to mention that us here at Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. And to take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, uh, visit their website, MrTeesTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot of looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. Cool. There you have it. And we will move on to the NBA The Philadelphia 76ers are the number one seed currently in the Eastern Conference. They beat the Brooklyn Nets uh, yesterday, other night. I don't know if it was two nights or last night. I can't remember. Uh, But they have control over Brooklyn. They own the tiebreaker now, um, and they're one game up. My question to you, Jack, is will this last? Will this hold up? And does this matter that they have the one seed? Will this last? Will they uh, be the one seed going into the playoffs? That's what I meant. And also, okay. does does that really matter? Kevin Rand um, also did not play. I think they will. I saw an article today. Like, I think it was an ESPN. It's like giving odds on who will lead, who will win the, who will be the one seed entering the playoffs. And it gave the Sixers like an 80% chance after last night. Or like a 70-something percent chance. How many, how many games are left? Do they play each other? Like, I guess the, I guess the regular season's over soon. So it's got to be. Yeah. I believe I heard with the win last night, they own the tiebreaker no matter what for the rest of the way. Um, okay. So I think there are 20 games left. Okay. Roughly um, 18, 20 games. 
Uh, and the Sixers own the tiebreaker. Okay. For the rest um, of the way. So they're I mean, up they, one game, but technically they're pretty much like up two. It's pretty much like. They own the tiebreaker, but there's still like 20 games left. A lot can happen in 20 games, I feel like. Um, 70 to 80% does seem a little high. Right. So, um, But going back to the other question, this is actually, do you think this gonna, really matters? I'm going to say they hang on to it, but uh, no, I don't know. The Nets are insane. I The unfortunate news today about Malamarcus Aldridge attired because he was a blood clots or no, he had a irregular heartbeat or something. So um, I guess doctors informed him it would be wise to retire. So unfortunate, abrupt ending. Great career though. Regardless, honestly, when I got the news this morning, I'm like, I forgot he was in the nets, but they're like, they still got so many good players and they're deep somehow. But it's kind of been the question all year. I forgot to look it up. Like how many games has their big three played together? And not even big three, like adding Blake Griffin. I know he's probably coming off the bench, but like their best lineup hasn't played together. And uh, I don't know. I mean, these guys are so talented, so maybe it doesn't matter. Like they'll figure it out like in the playoffs, but still like that's, that's gotta be hard. That 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 I'm like there's no I guess you can are is there chemistry <laughs> like they've all played together the big three of them have, um, but like James Harden's having a MVP level season and they still have an MVP like top two player in the world not playing and Kyrie. I don't know. Yeah, so I mean. Th- we saw this was uh, an issue somewhat. I mean, I guess you could say it was the issue for the Clippers last year, how right. the them not playing as a unit and being cohesive together kind of um, had them bounced earlier than expected. So, but I mean, I think there's overall more talent. I mean, you know, Kawhi and Paul George, very talented, obviously in their own right, but I just feel like overall there's just more of a collection of talent here in Brooklyn. So, True. They could probably overcome it. I expect them to, and you know they're gonna. I think they're gonna come out of the East. Um, Wait, uh, still on the Nets, real quick. I mean, I mentioned Kyrie um, addressing his situation. Like he's just not playing games, and I know that's just kind of been his thing. <laughs> like I feel like no one's playing games. Like no, no, no stars ever playing anymore. I know, like Stephen, they went on a rant about it today, but like. Kyrie hasn't just like takes off, which a lot of people are very critical of that. And I get the whole mental health thing too, but I'm never going to be mad at Kyrie. I know you don't like him, but like he can do whatever he wants. He's, I want to call, I mean, he's not the best basketball player to ever live, but like there's no, there's arguably (laughs) no player. I love watching more than Kyrie. Like he is so good. And I just want, I, I get mad when he doesn't play just because I want to see him play so bad. Not because, like, like oh, he can't be taken off. Which, like, I think that – I don't know if I heard it from someone, but, like, the NBA's got to, like – I don't know what their guaranteed money situation got is like, but, like, you got to show up. I don't know. <laughs> like, I think they just got to make it, like, 
all the contracts are like strictly like game checks, like game base, you know? Yeah. And it's just, I feel like they have somewhat of a, of a problem on their hands just because I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what it is. I mean, I feel like personally for me, I mean, I, I want to be transparent here with like our, our, our listeners here and everything is like, I haven't watched as much NBA as I have like this season as compared to like other years. Um, and I don't know what that really is. I don't know if it's just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just like, into baseball right now more or, um, you know, I'm really focusing on the NFL draft. I mean, the NFL is always going to be a number one sport. Um, or I don't know if it's just because the NBA, like there's so many, like there's a lot of guys every night taking, like taking off. Right. Um, and I just feel like it's kind of lacking something in my opinion. Um, I don't really know what that is exactly. I don't know if it's just, you know, the, the finals seem like a foregone conclusion. I don't know if it's because of the load management. I don't know if it's because of other things I just mentioned, but yeah, I just, for some reason, haven't quite been, I don't know if that's just me personally, or what do you think overall? Like in terms of, I think there's a problem in terms of like what you said, like stars sitting out and like the day-to-day games kind of lacking in some regard. I agree with you. Um, I think maybe reason you may not be watching. I mean, I mean, you personally, I know there's been March Madness that we've been craving for so long. So that took up a lot of, NBA ratings must've been so down during that because of how how hungry everyone was for the tournament. So that could be one, also baseball for us, but no one really cares about baseball. Um, but I I think the main re- reason is that, like the product itself, um, and I said it and you said it, the, uh, like the, it's just not the same when like, like how the Sixers and Nets play the other, other whatever day that was, but like, I I didn't I well I don't I couldn't have watched but like I didn't watch it but if they uh if Kyrie and Kevin Durant and James Harden like if it was like a Eastern Conference final preview yeah I'd watch and a lot more people tune in it's just like it's not the same not watching it without the stars like LeBron and Anthony Davis I feel like haven't played in forever <laughs> them too like it's a uh, like I want to tune into an NBA game and watch stars I don't want to watch like average players go at it and not play defense you know and like like you, you know what i mean like we right wanna, so we watch the stars yeah i do feel <laughs> like watch greatness i mean it, it makes sense in some in some regard like load management and i feel like it, it can pro prolong players careers uh and whatnot and you know it makes sense to have them healthy for playoff time but i do feel like on the day-to-day week to week thing it does it takes toll a little bit on like right like you just said like we would have been so much more in, incentivized to to watch that game if they were out there right you know yeah. you would have i don't know if you had stuff going on like schoolwork or, or whatever and you just physically could not watch it is that was that the case with you yeah 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 right so but if they were playing the the big guys the the stars you would have felt I you would have felt bad for like you were yes, like, oh man, yeah. I want to watch that. But now they weren't out there, and you're like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I feel like that there is a little bit of a problem with that. I feel like more than um, you know, I think I don't know. It's something to to really think about. And I've I've thought about like why, 
I haven't watched as much this year compared to others. Um, and that, that may be playing a factor. Don't worry. I do have NBA, one more question. NBA, NBA playoffs are going to be, are going to be great with the stars. Back. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean that, that changes everything. The playoffs are always more intense and, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll be invested in it come then, but yeah, for now, it's just kind of a lull for me. Uh, right. I did want to ask one more question before we do our 60 second, uh, NHL update. How low do you think the Lakers can drop before it becomes an issue? If it's an issue at all, as long as they make the playoffs, what, do, what is your opinion? Cause they have been slipping down the standings if you're paying attention. Uh, yeah, they have, I think they're the five seed at, at the moment. Correct. Um, honestly, I think they're going to be the four. I I got an alert today saying LeBron and and or Anthony Davis are nearing. I know LeBron's been playing, I think, but Anthony Davis is nearing a return. Um, I think, I mean, the Nuggets just lost Jamal Murray, which stinks. So that's, I think, the, I could see the Lakers jumping them. How far out are they from them? They're only a game behind the Nuggets, so I could see them jumping the Nuggets. And they got two and a half game cushion between the six seeds. So I don't think they're going to slip. If they do slip more, like if they slip to the six, that's going to be a Clippers-Lakers first round. Wow. Um, I don't see them slipping, though. And it doesn't matter about LeBron. He gets in the playoffs. He's going to be a threat. And I know we should take the Jazz and Suns seriously, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't take them against LeBron. I may just because I love LeBron too much, but um, I, he's just going to find a way. He wants his fifth ring. He gets five people. I think the ring conversation is out the window because he matches Kobe and like it's one there, one more than one less than Jordan. So, yeah, that's what I got to say about that. All right. Wait, I have something else I have to say. Okay. I got a quick NBA rundown, um, similar to my my MLB. Um, surprise of the standings at current moment. Hawks, the four seed. Um, at, you know, they were I think not too long ago. I guess it was kind of long ago, but before they fired Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce, they were like deep down there. Um, and I've never seen a in-house interim head coach or interim head coach like turn a team around as much as it's. I believe his name from from my Hawks insider. Yes, I have a Hawks insider. His name is Nate McMillan. He was their assistant. Um, yeah, I mean, just surprised there. Clint Capella needs needs some love. He's uh, he needs some love. He's lonely. Uh, he leads the league in rebounds still, fourteen point two rebounds per game, fifteen point four points per game, over like two point two blocks per game, sixty percent shooting, fantastic. Um. I lost my rundown. I lost my rundown. I lost my rundown. I lost my rundown. Rundown's back. I'll never forget. I'll never forget Christmas 2019 when I bet the uh, the under for Clint Capella rebounds at 15 and a half, and I was sweating that out until the very last second. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, I remember that. Um, I guess still in the standings. Knicks are Knicks are hanging on. Um, fun to see. Uh, what are they? The sixth seed. Um, Hornets are hanging in there still without Lamelo. I believe like, it looks like they'll be in at least the playoff, the that play-in tournament. Um, hopefully, if they're um, the nine or ten and they get in the play-in tournament, counts. I don't know if we can counts. call your. I don't counts. know if we can call your preseason prediction correct. Counts. Um, I don't know. Continuing with the rundown in the West, Jazz and Suns are still hot. As I 
uh, disrespected them not that long ago. They're hot. I have to admit, shout them out. Suns won nine of the last ten. Nuggets done without Murray. Lakers will likely jump to four. And did you check or did you happen to see the quotes from Luca and Mark Cuban? No. Um, I love both of them. I love Mark Cuban. I love Luca, but uh, I got an alert two separate alerts like very close to one another they both bashed the whole like play-in tournament thing the seven to ten play-in tournament like how it's a one quote a stupid idea or like doesn't get the point of it and i'm like let's check the standings and what do you know they're the seven seed they don't want to play they don't want to have to play steph curry to get into the playoffs so i just thought that was very very convenient timing we very <laughs> very convenient um that's all i got well, thanks. Thank you for your rundown. Um, yeah, yeah. They, they're gonna. They might have to play Steph Curry in a, in some type of a play-in situation. Have you heard in. about? Have you seen Curry's last few games? Unreal. Yeah, he's averaging, averaging about like thirty-eight points per game. Thirty-nine point nine points per game. Um, I. He's had the most threes over a three-game span. Um shooting like over 50% from three, uh, a lot of other good stuff, but yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. He's a man on a mission. Yeah. Still got, uh, we will transition here to our 62nd NHL oh, update. Uh, it's time for Jack to call. Are you phone calling them or calling them into the room? No, no, I'm phone calling. Okay. So we we're getting some, um, Special guest here. Uh, with who? Who are you gonna call? It's time to reveal. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, I just got an alert saying. All right. Um, I'm calling Frankie. NHL insider Frankie Carter. All right. Let's see if he picks up. I got a backup if he doesn't. I prefer if he doesn't pick up. I want the backup instead. But I promised him he'd go first. We'll cut that out. He's didn't hear that. Edit it out, Joey. Hello? Frankie, you're on Hogline. Hey, what's up, guys? How's everyone doing? We're doing well. We need your we need your 60-second NHL briefing. 60-second NHL briefing. Yeah. Tamps is currently watching the Penguins game. I would ask him for some from help. You guys, you guys, you know what? You guys can each have 60 seconds or Less than Each that, or less than that, if you want. Just any any thoughts of um, any any division, current happenings. Go. Clock starts now. Uh, actually, probably in most divisions, the playoff teams are set. Okay. I'd say favorites right now. I mean, I hate to say it, but I have this. I don't see many teams beating the Islanders. Uh, I think they're very good. They made a lot of good deadline moves. They got some guys who fit their style of play very well. Uh, out of the north right now, I would probably, I'd probably have to take the Leafs. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then, so, uh, and then from the, so then from the, the from the, uh, I'm sorry, the Canadian division. Yeah, so that would be the Maple Leafs, and then from oh, the right, west, the north, yeah. The west, I would probably have to go with Vegas. I know Colorado's playing really well right now. Uh huh. But I still like Vegas' style of play in a seven-game series against Colorado. And then the final division is Central, and I still think it's going to be Tampa Bay coming out of there, defending champs. Pretty much the same team, made a lot of good deadline moves. 
Um, yeah, so that's my take. Okay. Should I throw it over the tent to see if he's ready for it? Yeah. That was exactly 60 seconds. Wow. wow. That, was that was pretty exactly impressive. Let's go. Uh, yeah. The, ha- ha- pass it from the tent. Anything else quick he wants to add? He's watching the Penguins. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's fair. We, should, we shouldn't disturb him. What's his live score update? What's the pen score? Say that again. I'm sorry. Live score update. What's what's the Penn's Flyers score? One one in OT right now, and I believe the Flyers are on a power play. Okay. All right. Thank well, you. Thank you, Frankie. Yeah, no well, much appreciated. Thank you. All right. See you guys. Love you. Well, there you have it. That was exactly 60 seconds. Like right as he right as he was, was done. Spot. Like, yeah, and yeah. So. Yeah, that would be interesting. Islanders, Maple Leafs. Uh, I think they can play. I don't know exactly how the playoffs are working in the NHL. Of, I know it's the four divisions. I don't know which division plays what. And yeah, I don't either. In the, in the Stanley Cup. But I believe TJ said in the beginning of the year that the Leafs and Islanders could play in the Cup. Okay. I could be mistaken, but yeah, that'd be... Uh, that'd be nuts. That would be nuts. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, so, thank you, Frankie, for that 60-second uh, NHL update. We're going to move on to the NFL. Um, I wanted to talk about a move that happened about a week ago, but we didn't get to comment on it because we were talking about uh, we're doing our N- uh, MLB preview and our Masters preview. Um, but Sam Darnold finally got traded after months and months of speculation of where he might go, what direction the, the New York Jets franchise might take. He was traded to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a 2021 uh, sixth-round pick in this year's draft. And then in next year, a fourth and a second. So a sixth this year, a fourth and a second next year. Um, what are your thoughts on this move? Uh, was it too much? Was it an overpay? What do you think? Uh, so many things overpay because I feel like there's a lot of Darnold haters out there, uh, but I'm not one of them. I like it. Uh, I believe in Darnold. You know, Jets are horrible, horrible situation. Um, getting out of there is going to – I really feel like he can – I mean, I don't know. Don't want to jump the gun on him, but I feel like we're just getting a rookie quarterback here, you know. But maybe even uh, – I don't know, upgrade from rookie quarterback because he got some experience at least. Um, but I like it because uh, at eight, they can do a lot of, go a lot of other directions. And because if they didn't get him, like, and I, I mean, I thought they traded for Watson. That's not happening now. Um, and they they get Donald. If they didn't get Donald, excuse me, I, they they have to go quarterback, I think. Um which I was looking like Trey Lance, who I like, but um, they could do a lot of other things with this pick. Their offensive line can still improve. I believe PFF ranked at 18th after the season last year. Um, I feel like the defense is pretty average, but they got some bright spots. Um, like up front, they have uh, Burns and Brian Burns off the edge. Uh, and... Brown, Derek Brown. They drafted first over or their first round pick last year. Um, who they got uh Gross Matos in there. And also in their secondary, Jeremy Chin, a very, very good rookie season. Dante Jackson still there. Like they have like some bright spots, but 
um, still need to develop together as a unit. Uh, I feel like at eight, they should go after middle linebacker. Uh, Micah Parsons, I think, would be a fantastic fit if he's there. Um, or one of those, like, one of the elite corners, like, who is it? It's J.C. Horn and um, Sertain. Am I missing one? I mean, you two, could maybe the include ones, right? You yeah. can maybe include Farley in there, but he's kind of okay. dropped on some people's boards because of his um, injury concerns. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so just to echo what you said, I I'm in agreement here. I really like this move for the Panthers. Um, like you said, it doesn't pigeonhole them into only really thinking about the quarterback here. It's really they can just pick the best player available on their board, and it just really gives them more um, flexibility, which is right. really, really good. And not for nothing, I I think Darnold like, could be good. I really like this coaching staff. Joe Brady is an absolutely fantastic offensive mind. Um, he was the LSU passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach the year they broke all the records and won the national championship. And then last year, I mean, he moved uh, to um, Carolina as their offensive coordinator, and they were they had a really good offense. Did you know that? I mean, I think this stat was was out there at the end of the season, but I don't know if you remember it. They were the fifth team, fifth team in the Super Bowl era in NFL history to have four players right. over a thousand scrimmage yards. Yeah, I remember that. And like, you probably like don't like, you know, that does that, if you're just casually like looking at this team you probably wouldn't think that but robbie anderson dj moore curtis samuel and mike davis last year like yeah, those four even, guys not even, christian, not even christian mccaffrey yo christian yeah, mccaffrey no. system running back <laughs> no um but just that's just like a testament to joe brady i feel like just because yeah. like mike davis has been like a middle like a mediocre running back who's bounced around different teams yeah, like defines Kurt, the word journeyman yeah right and then like robbie anderson like he had a pretty he showed some flashes but like he had his best year of his career last year um curtis samuel like took the next step forward so like and i think that's just due to joe brady and i think brady like is going to get hired he's going to be a head coach i feel like after this next season i feel like i just think Possibly. it's inevitable um he's only 31 years old so he's super young um but just going back to Darnold, like, I think he has still a lot of potential. Yeah, he didn't look great, but no one would have looked great and succeeded in New York. It was just, it just wasn't going to work out that way. And if it's Zach Wilson or Fields, probably Wilson at this point, like, good luck to them. Maybe Robert uh, Sala will change things there. Um, but I really like this move. Um, I don't think it was an overpay at all. They didn't even have to get rid of a first. Christian McCaffrey comes back. So I know we're talking a lot about the Panthers here, but I, I think that my bold prediction as of now, I think they sneak into the playoffs. Okay. I was thinking about that. Just kind of trying to put it in perspective of the whole NFC, um, their division in particular though, like second place, not out of the question. I think the bucks still got to be the clear favorites to come out, but um, Falcons, you'd have to assume they're better than them. Um. And who really who really knows about the Saints without Drew Brees? I mean, I know he hasn't been fantastic, but different different quarterback back there. We don't know exactly how that's going to pan out. Um, and then, I mean, just compared to other divisions, like who knows? Like maybe they can compete with the uh, like the Vikings. They can compete with anyone in the NFC East. Um, 
NFC West is tough though. So I don't know. Yeah, I think they I think they can just squeak in there. Could I really think, yeah, could happen. They could be top seven. I think this is a like a fantastic spot for Darnold to land. So I think um yeah, it's a great, great career trajectory. He's on the point for if you if you're gonna I don't know. I just like it a lot. Um all right. Uh we can talk a little about the NFL drafts. Okay. Uh, where do you think these quarterbacks are gonna go? I know there's a lot of discussion. Right. Um Yeah, I mean, my what, question I had a question for you. Like, do you think the top four quarterbacks will be all top four picks will be all quarterbacks? That was my first question. Um we'll start with top three. Do you think the top three will be all quarterbacks? I think that's there's a 99.9% chance that it's top three because the I think the Jets starting quarterback right now is James Morgan. Do you know who that is? Uh, no, (laughs) me neither. Sounds familiar though. Yeah, so Jets are taking a quarterback. Obviously, they should they showed their hand. And the 49ers, I mean, like you don't you don't make that move for anyone right. but a quarterback. So it's all but guaranteed. Top top uh, three are gonna be. Uh, I uh, yeah, I, I I think I think the top three will be. I'm not sure about the top four. And uh, see, I don't know. I feel like the odd. I, I feel like there's been odds like. It was Mac Jones to the 49ers, but now I feel like it's shifted to the to Fields to the 49ers. Really? Okay. But Adam Schefter said he's convinced it's going to be Mac Jones to the 49ers. Uh, so I, I don't know. Man, I really don't like either. <laughs> As I said before, I really don't like Mac Jones. Um, Alabama. I didn't has, know you didn't like Justin Fields. I don't. Uh. Largely because of the schools they come from, because Bama has not produced a Pro Bowl quarterback since 1977. Ohio State hasn't produced a Pro Bowl quarterback since 1999. Um, but even just, I know I, after watching uh, Fields in particular in the playoff, I feel like that uh, he's just going to be. Uh, he had a great, great playoff in. A, I mean, he uh, yeah against. Clemson, and then he did fine against Bama. He took that huge hit against the Clemson game. Showed a lot of toughness, but um, I don't know. He just doesn't. I, I'm not a. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he'll pan out. I I'm not a QB whisperer, but um, going off of the school track record, also I feel like he's a little. I know he's six two, but I he look he feels small out there to me. I don't know if that's just me, but. Um, I love Justin Fields. I don't know. I want you to rank the the top five quarterbacks. Like, how do you rank them? I'm curious. Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Fields, Wilson. Mac Jones. said Wilson twice, but I assume I mean, you I meant Jones. Jones. I meant Jones. Honestly, if I looked more into, like, these other guys, I might even put them more above Mac Jones. I, if I had to do it right now, um, I would do Lawrence Fields, Lance Wilson, Jones. Okay. I like Lance. He hasn't shown much, but I like, I don't know. From like tape I've seen, I like him. 
I don't, I don't know. know. I just I th- I think Fields is fantastic. I think I think people are really like people don't think like he still needs to come along as a passer. I think his arm's good. I don't know. I really like him. I don't know. I just have a feeling though, even though he I think he's the second best quarterback in the draft. I just have a feeling he's gonna slip. I feel like I have that like feeling that he's gonna like fall a little bit down, like maybe like the ten to twelve range. And, well, like, yeah. If the if the Falcons don't get him. Like the uh, the Bengals aren't getting a quarterback. The Dolphins now have six. They said they're not getting a quarterback. Lions like could, but I don't think so. They have so many other things they need to address. And yeah, but I mean, you you I think like they're five another year. The thought would be a a team trading up to get one like Lance or Fields or Jones. But like, Uh, if a team trades up, like why would they trade up to? the Bengals, you know, why would they need to jump these teams? Why would they need to jump the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Lions, who has eight? To the jump Bron- another Broncos, team from jumping. The Broncos, yeah, the Broncos are the, what would be the next ones at nine, I think. But To jump to jump the Denver could be in the conversation. Washington could be in the conversation. Well, Chicago could be like in the conversation. Chicago, I mean, I the don't Patriots, know. They, the Patriots. Patriots. Um, so, the, yeah, there's teams they, they'd want to potentially get in front of. Um, but yeah, that's how I rank the quarterbacks as of now. I still haven't, I still have to like look a little bit deeper into it. Okay. Um, I'm in the process, of, you know, looking at all these rookies for our rookie draft in about, um, about a month and a half. Um, so yeah, so but I need to dive a little bit deep in, but that's how I see them right now. Um, I guess we can conclude, conclude things here with what do you think the Steelers will do and what do you think, what do you want them to do and what do you think they, uh, what do you think we will do? Um, I got two more quick points after this. Steelers. I want them to get an offensive lineman. They need an offensive lineman very bad. Um, I want them to go offensive lineman first round, running back in the second round, because even if we didn't, even if we re-signed James Conner, I still wanted to go offensive lineman and running back because a backfield with um, one of a top three running back it would probably be Javante Williams at that point. I don't know. Whatever the however the cards fell, um, a running back tandem of Williams and Connor, and then the other guys we got. That's a very very good backfield, but it's all contingent off on the offensive line because Connor didn't perform that well last year. But it's because our offensive line didn't wasn't great and was injured. So, um, Marquise Pouncey retired. So that's a pretty big blow to our offensive line. So we really, really, really need an offensive lineman, but I think we are going to get Najee Harris. I keep, I keep seeing this like this miraculous Zoom call we've had with him that he he loved this meeting, and I don't know. It seems like there's mutual interest, and with this James Conner departure, it makes me think that we're really in on getting a running back. Like Art Rooney, him, yeah, Art Rooney, our owner himself said that, um, even addressed something like. That's not Steelers football. That we we're one of the league worst in our rushing attack. We need to, we know we need to improve. So they, I really looks like they're gonna they want a new feature back. I don't blame them. I mean, if we get Najee, I lo- I think Najee Harris is fantastic, and I'm gonna really like watching him play if he's a Steeler. Um, but it's the offensive line you, that that's that's definitely more important than your running back is in my opinion. So yeah. That's my thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, the thing is though, 
Right. We we need a running back upgrade. I don't have faith in Snell. Oh, he stinks. I'm he's really he's really bad. He's not very explosive whatsoever. Um, so we are in need of a running back. I don't think this running back class is very deep at all. Um, it's not. I think I think it's very thin. So I don't know. I, there are a couple names that I do like a little bit, but again, it's really just the top three guys in Javante Williams and Travis Etienne and Najee Najee Harris. Um, and outside of them, it's, it's really thin in my opinion. So more so in this year, with that being said, I feel like it just makes a, I can justify taking one of these guys as opposed to like 2020, which was had a loaded running back class. I feel like, you know, taking one in the second or third round made a little bit more sense because it's a deeper group. Um, but that with this class, I don't really see that. So with that being said, I feel like it, it can make a little bit more sense. Um, but, you know, arguably more important part of that is the offensive line. So I would be I would lean offensive line in this scenario. I agree um, with you real quick. Um, I guess in the Steelers case in particular, I'm I don't I don't I'm not like in complete favor of like anyone can run behind a great offensive line to be great. Like, I think there is a difference between getting a running back in because the past few years, Steelers have drafted. We took a fourth round running back last in 2020. We took a fourth round running back in 2019, a fourth round running back in 2018, a third running back in 2017, 2017 with James Conner. But like the, the talent drop off, is significant like we went james connor in the third and then our fourth rounders were samuel snell and the mcfarland so i think and then second rounder there's a difference like we got Le'Veon in 2013 so there's a difference of talent in evaluating running back talent on the steelers end that's we can't say the same for the whole nfl landscape because some teams completely miss steelers are a very good drafting team and that's not just me being uh biased and saying that we are so I don't know. I trust what we're going to do, whatever it is, honestly. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely a good feeling, which I do share with you that I do trust our front office to make the right decision. I may not a hundred percent, like they might do exactly what I would do, but obviously this is their job and they know better than me. So right. I, I do trust us um, to at least pick a quality player, no matter who it is. Just to switch to a real quick to a, a front office that does not draft well. Um, I wanted to talk about the Eagles trade real quick. Uh, did we talk about the trade? The picture, sure. the picture, not the Carson Wentz trade. Um, like with the with the whole uh, with the Dolphins, but I like it. I like it from the Eagles' standpoint. They have a lot of holes, and I think it's in their best interest to just accumulate as much draft capital as possible with this potentially three three firsts next year if Carson plays a whole season. So um, they move back from six to 12 and uh, now have three firsts next year. So I think that's great because a lot of people, myself included, think they're going to go, thought they were going to go receiver at six, but at 12, they could probably honestly maybe get the same receiver or one of the top three. So, and of the top, 
I, I, probably top two, honestly, at 12. Um, so, yeah, I just think that that's – I like that. I like the trade from that standpoint. I mean, Howie is probably going to miss on him anyway, so. It's tough. Uh, I don't really know if they – this guy can't draft. Have you looked at their draft? I mean, recently I looked at their draft history. Like, they just don't – they can't draft good players. Like, it's impossible. Yeah, it's just – I do feel like – I don't know. I, I have a feeling they're going to get a corner. They could. I just – I don't know. I feel like just because they drafted Rager last year in the first and it's only been one year, I feel like I they're going to like – so I, I don't know. I, I don't uh I, I know there's been a should, you think they should get a corner? If you were if what would you what make the pick, what would you take? A specific player or a position that you'd go after if you were Howie Roseman. I, I kind of I don't know. I agree with that philosophy. I think wide receiver this is a deep class and I feel like they could get one. They have an early second round pick. Okay. So Yeah. There's gonna be a quality receiver there, uh, in the whatever number that is, pick thirty-eight or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think corner drops off a little bit after the top uh, tier of guys, and uh, they need playmakers all over the field. Yeah, they got all the holes. So, I, I, I I don't think I would. I don't think I'd go receiver if I were them, to be honest. But I mean, if they're dead set on getting a receiver. Move makes ton of sense. Like the value is so much better at twelve than six, and you get another pick. So if right. that's what you're, even if it's not your philosophy, that's still a, a good move to make. So I, I, I do uh, applaud them in that sense. Agreed. Good point. Yeah, another. It's it's gonna be. I hope they just draft. Like I hope they. I hope the fans are very upset about it, so I can hear about it on the radio. I I hate the. Yeah. <laughs> No, keep bringing no. that up but it's just really entertaining of how like how much they freak out it's it's the best part um all right is there uh is there a what what is the surprise i don't i don't like surprises what's going on you don't like surprises well we're covering a sixth sport today um very um the wmba draft tonight uh and i feel like i need to just uh briefly uh briefly run down recap what what went on in the first round dallas wings i mean they're really loading up uh, they got somehow have the first overall pick the second overall pick and the fifth overall pick um yeah that's odd <laughs> there are only 12 teams in the league but still that i how do you, that honestly makes it more impressive that you have a fourth of the third round fourth of the of the first round picks and they're all in the top five. Um, I'm going to read through them. Dallas Wings, first round. Dallas Wings, Charlie Collier from Texas, a six foot five center. Uh, they also draft another six foot five center. Don't know. That's kind of odd. All right, Dallas. Um, six foot five center, Awakir from Finland. Uh, third overall, the Atlanta Dream take. Ari McDonald, a 5'6 guard from Arizona. Uh, in the Indiana Fever, take Kisray Gonzer Gondrick. I don't know. He's 5'9 guard. 
I could be a I could be a forward in this league, and then the Dallas Wings take Chelsea Dung Dungy, Arkansas five eleven guard. I'm not gonna say the rest of these names are actually hard to pronounce, but that's the top five. What was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, that that would be bad if uh, they picked three centers of the top five picks. The wings. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> I assume the doubt they're they're bad. So maybe they just don't draft well. Rutgers got a player draft in the second round. Okay. Arella Guirantes. All of these um, names are very hard to pronounce. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> but it looks like none of these girls are they're all seniors. I guess that's just not a thing to leave early. The the, the uh, women's college basketball, you cannot be a one and done. You can't. Okay. I think because there was Paige, one junior in there, so maybe they just need at least like three years. But yeah. Paige Bugers, I think, has to stay all four years or something. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's some it's some weird rule like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I saw something like that, but that there there's a reason for why they're all older for some reason um but yeah i don't recognize any of those names i think paige bugers and that that girl from iowa is the only are the only uh women college basketball players i know but they were fun to watch i watched a little bit of the women's tournament it was very exciting so Mm -hmm. uh that uconn did not win they lost in the final four Uh, but their game against baylor was really good i saw some of that uh and they played Stanford. It was Stanford, and one of their games was really good. I don't know. It was a good tournament overall, if anyone watched it. So. Yo, hold me accountable. I'm following WNBA this year. WNBA. I'm going to follow it. Hold me accountable. Okay, but you're not. 60-second 60 60 second WNBA briefing to start every episode. All right, our second, next sports me- our next our next sports medley episode will be um yeah, we'll no. start you off at 30 every single episode from when the season starts. I'm going to give a 30 second update. Okay. When does the season start? I just looked it up May 14th. Okay. I got a month. I might start a fantasy league, but no one's going to play with me. <laughs> okay. One man fantasy league. I'll just join a random league. All right, we're good. Okay. All right, May 14th. You heard it here, folks. It'll be our first 30-second WNBA uh, segment with I'm Jack. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. And that is today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we we made history today. Six sports. I don't know how we're ever going to top that one. We'll try. Um, but we will try our best. So, I mean, hey, from, from now on, we'll pretty much always be talking about two if Jack does his WNBA segment in, in every episode. I so. don't even know what other sport we could talk about. We could talk about college. That's we could do nine. Or what are we on? We could do eight. We could do college football and basketball. Good. We're good. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for listening, folks. Uh be sure to follow the show on Instagram at Hogline Podcast and subscribe to the show. Uh I'm gonna mention reviews. Why not? We I say we have a couple of reviews on Apple Podcasts. So it's a review. Uh, if you Give us a review. Give us your honest feedback, and uh, we will. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll read them on the show if we get any interesting ones. So maybe uh, do your best work, and uh, we we will see from there. Cool. Uh, be sure to check out Mr. T's tuxedos. If you need a suit, please do so. 
help them out uh, and um, help us out. And everyone wins. It's a win-win situation. True. Um, thank you for listening, folks, and we will catch you next time. See you.